Hey everybody, Turner here with your off-week content for the Gimme the Loot podcast. And it is a real treat this week. We got to spend a little bit of time talking with Kat Kruger, Dungeon Master of the D20 Dames podcast and author of How to Be More D&D, Face Your Dragons, Be More Adventurous, and Live Your Best Geeky Life. An advice book themed around D&D that will be coming out August 23rd. I've been a big fan of Kat's work going all the way back to really some of the first actual plays I listened to and was absolutely thrilled to get to spend some time talking to her. As always with any of the guests who come on our show, the best way to say thank you is to support their creative endeavors. Get on over to D20 Dames if you're not already listening and check it out. If you've got kids that you're trying to introduce to Dungeons and Dragons, the new campaign is fantastic. And man, check out all her stuff. Steampunk Unicorn Studios, the new book that's coming out. I know I'm buying it the second it drops. There'll be links to all that stuff in the show notes below. Get over there. Let them know that you're appreciated. Couple of reminders. Number one, this is a rebroadcast of our streaming content. So the audio quality will be a little bit different. A few more bits, bobs, us, and ums. A little bit less edited. I somehow managed to damage my original local file. So this is my Zoom audio, for example. Ugh, I don't know what I did. But anyway, uh, it's still worth giving them a listen. And hey, if you want to catch it fresh off the truck, I don't know where that analogy was going. I'm sorry. Uh, but anyway, check us out Monday night, 7.30 Central Standard Time. That's where our streaming content has moved over to. Tonight, when this comes out, we're going to be doing a Parties of Five based on the Pirates of Dark Water. An animated show from the 90s that a couple of the guys loved, a couple of the guys haven't watched. So tune in to see how right or wrong they get it, making D&D characters inspired by that series. And although we were probably absolutely on our best behavior with Cat, Gimme the Loot is still not really a family-friendly show. So just be warned, there might be a little bit of profanity, crude humor, and gore, but we may actually make it through this one all the way clean. I don't know, but I doubt it. The explicit tag's still there for a reason. What are you going to do? Cool. That's going to do it for this week. Next week, back with campaign content with an episode that is got two major reveals in it that it has taken all my willpower not to spoil. So as always, appreciate your listening. Appreciate your time. Hope you enjoy the rebroadcast of the show. Boom, sneak attack, everybody. Hey, uh, that's we are getting slightly better at certain technical issues. We'll never get good at the transitions. It is a learned, uh, learned lack of skill. Hey, gang, uh, Turner here with another episode of the Guest Quest, the tabletop community interview show brought to you by the Gimme the Loot podcast, the Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast. It's probably about two or three weeks from a respectable Twitch layout. Um, joining us this week is none other than Kat Kruger, uh, podcaster, dungeon master, author, head wordsmith from uh, Steampunk Unicorn Studios, owner of not one, but two, but three logos. I have logo in the of between the Steampunk Unicorn and the D20 Dames podcast um, and, and author of a brand new self-help book, How to Be More D&D. Kat, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for joining us. With me tonight, the whole crew has showed up. Gang, say hello. What's going on? It's uh, Harlan, and I play Todd on the Give Me the Loop Pack podcast. And the whole crew's not here, 
We're missing my man Fate and got a drink of my uncle nearest for him here for not for not being here today. Oh, that's so sweet. Uh, this is Moyle Bear and I play Moyle on the Gimme the Loot podcast. And I'm I think everyone's here. <laughs> uh, I'm Jamie and I play Eldrin on the Gimme the Loot podcast. And uh, I'm pretty sure uh, that, that that Fate is not here. <laughs> And I'm Anthony. I play Baba Day on the Give Me the Loop podcast. But he, Anthony had to think about it. Like, wait, is fate here? Is he not here? This is normally where we go. Respectful pause and then back into it. Uh, fate is on vacation uh, this evening. I don't know why we're announcing that. Like, he's a newscaster. But, hey, this is, where, this is the world that we live in now. <laughs> he's on assignment. <laughs> yeah, he's on assignment. Uh, we've, we've sent fate uh, deep into the uh, into the southern plains to uh, to bring us back some artisanal D20s. Uh, gang, we are, we're changing up a little bit of the format on, on Guest Quest, uh, where previously certain members of the cast uh, had accused me of dominating the conversation and stealing all their questions. And just being an all-around egomaniac and, and ball hog, uh, we decided to make it a little bit more democratic. Uh, so going forward, what we're going to do, uh, the gang is going to roll initiative, sometimes on screen, sometimes backstage. Uh, and uh, that's the order that we're going to go in after we intro up. Uh, since this is new and since they're still kind of getting into the rhythm of this, I gave them two outs. Uh, one, if there is a question in the chat. They can grab the question from the chat. So chat, don't wait till the end like we normally do. Hit us with those questions as we go through it. And number two, if they're totally deering in the headlights, they can say they're taking the dodge action and we will move on to the next person. Cat <laughs> uh, uh, was generous enough to give us a uh, an hour of her time this evening. So we're going to try and uh, bang through a lot of things. We got a lot, a lot to cover. Um, I have been a fan of her work all the way back to Adventure they wrote um, up through the entire campaign one of D20 Dames. Uh, they just dropped the session zero audio uh, that they did from their Twitch stream for what they're doing in campaign two, which has a really, um, I don't want to, I don't want to say Peter, you guys are, you're, you're playing it's younger characters in a slightly more fantastical setting. Um, uh, you're, you're taking it more family friendly. Um, you were family friendly before, but I mean, look, campaign session campaign one of D20 games, still still was some pretty, so it does still have some pretty heavy stuff in it and some, some, you know, definitely, uh, I, I would say, if not flat out horror, horror adjacent scenes. Um, and, and you guys are go skewing a little bit, a little bit, more, not just family friendly, but n new, new listener friendly as well, too. Yeah, where our goal is to uh, not only like, um, I think we've, we found our niche with with the family friendly audience and, um, and kids and families and and actually new learners also and i think with the new campaign we're very purposefully um simplifying the rules so that new learners and young kids can sit down and play together and understand the rules without having the extra like the years and years and years of knowledge that um, many people come to the table um you know playing and i think um yeah, we definitely we we were definitely more on like the PG thirteen family mm -hmm. friendly prior to this uh, new campaign, but we're we're more towards uh, I think we're we're aiming for more of a G sort of rating if we're talking in movie terms. No, that's perfect. A G, you went way down to G, man. I, that's difficult for me. That's I, a difficulty curve <laughs> we're not prepared for. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Mm. We work. We work so blue or navy at times. <laughs> <laughs> speak, speak, speaking of underwater, Moyle, you're up. 
Uh, so you are now uh, working towards getting the more child-centric uh, audience. So I'm curious when you first encountered D&D. I actually came to D&D pretty late. I, um, it wasn't until uh, I was a full-grown adult. Um, so it was in 2014. I was a, uh, a guest at a science fiction convention called HalCon in Halifax, Canada. I was a guest author there um, because I had written a, a young adult series, a werewolf series. And um, I met uh, the program specialist for Wizards of the Coast Dungeons and Dragons. Um, he was there specifically to teach Dungeons and Dragons uh, ahead of uh, fifth edition coming out. Um, and so I obviously had heard of D and uh, read all the Dragonlance books um, as a kid, but never actually played it. Um, so he set up a tutorial the next day and um, immediately fell in love with the game. It was incredible. Um, just as a storyteller, um, and a and a writer, um, I saw so much potential. So after that, I started teaching uh, at a at a youth uh, after school program, um, teaching creative writing through Dungeons and Dragons, and then eventually it was just Dungeons and Dragons, and um, started my own home game where I DM'd because I couldn't find a DM. Um, so yeah, that was in 2014, in my early 40s. <laughs> Nice, nice. <laughs> have you kept that campaign going, or has everyone dropped out? Uh, I have not. That was um, so. What happened there is um, it was the Lost Minds of Fandelver, and um, that was prior to me moving to Seattle. Mm. Um, because the following year, the same program specialist came back. Um, we did a panel together, hit it off in a different way, and now we're married. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Wait, so I did not know that Mo had multi-attack. Did we just let him get okay. two questions? We, we did. <laughs> we just let him get two questions in. I don't think he has multi-attack. He what, what happened to Turner gets 10 questions in and maybe we get one? Is two, two, that two, is two is all that brought about this format. I'm going to allow the bonus action follow-up. It was a good one. It was a good one. It was I a good had, one. I was just making I had sure. A crit. I critted 20. All right. So shut your mouth, Arlen. <laughs> Jamie, you're up, sir. Um, let's see. Uh, so crap. Uh, just like in just like in D D. Yeah, had yeah. his listen, entire listen. time. To I, prep I have his a round bunch of questions. I have move. a bunch of questions. Listen, listen, I have a bunch of questions, but they're coming from a completely different place that we started from. So now I'm like trying to figure <laughs> out how to get back. It, gotta get back. It. Just let it go, man. We're, we're Bob. That, that's going to be a side effect cool. of this format that we jump around a little bit. All right, then. Then. Uh, OK, so talking about your book, uh, you you said you said um, it says that there's a bunch of class based advice. Uh, and so I was wondering, did you find that one class that you were kind of trying to theme some advice around? was way more or less helpful than others uh, to find useful tips to highlight. Like, for example, a rogue is is harder to to uh, find good advice for than, say, a ranger who is really easy to find advice for. <laughs> um, well, so in the book, <laughs> they let me... Uh, they let me play around with some of, some of the IP, which was really great. So what I did was... Um, so you'll have, like, these sidebars in the book that are advice from the classic D&D characters. So I was able to take the character names from the D&D cartoon and just oh. so each each um each of those characters gives their line of advice. So I, I made sure that I 
spaced it out evenly so that all the characters, all the, all those classes anyway, gave um, their type of advice. Um, So even though, you know, a rogue is a little bit on the trickier side, there's still some good life advice that they can give. Uncanny dodge is a skill that we can all use. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and to, just so everybody knows, uh, the book uh, Jamie's talking about is How to Be More D&D, Face Your Dragons, Be More Adventurous, and Live Your Best Geeky oh, Life. Trying uh, to show it. And it's just- oh, yeah. It's a cool it's, cover book. I, when I looked mm-hmm. at it, I was like, that's pretty cool. I, I threw a link uh, to the Amazon listing for it uh, so you guys can all see it. It comes out August 23rd. It is uh, officially licensed guide to life inspired by Dungeons and Dragons. Um, is it? I, I mean, I think they've gotten a little bit more creative with some of their their cross promotional content um, with like the, my, my son is a huge fan of kind of the young adult, not the young adult necessarily adventure books, but like the mont the swords, like the, the almost the little uh, guidebooks. Oh, the young adventures guide by uh, Jim Zub. So good. Yeah. Those are great. Zub is great. By the way. I got a, I got an opportunity to play with him on Jasper at Jasper's this year, and he was just a a blast to play with. He was such a cool I, guy. I played with him at the uh, at Emerald City Comic Con. Uh, he was the dungeon master, and we played uh, the Rick and Morty adventure that he wrote. So we did a oh. one shot. Oh, oh, I didn't know. He, I, knew, I knew he did the cartoon. I didn't know he actually wrote it. That's that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah, he was super nice guy. Uh, played with him and Satine and Abria for um, for that's Jasper's. Awesome. Wow. And then. Uh, and then did had the closeout session with Stashwick uh, and oh god, I'm Luke Gygax, uh, who will actually be on the show later this month, and um, somebody else, a couple other people whose names I'm I'm totally forget. Did he just right. just drop name drop people? I did dropped them all, Excuse me. Oh, excuse me, Anthony. Anthony, you're up, sir. Quickly before Harlan gets himself kicked off the podcast. And I with the no. I got him on your show. I got him on your show. I did it for you. What I'm saying is these are the sacrifices I make so you guys get to have good guests. So I think my question is I would like to talk, or at least my first question, I'd like to talk about the storytelling collective. So, yeah. Um I I I like this idea of like teaching people um D D and storytelling or just storytelling through that format. Like, could you like give us a synopsis of what the storytelling collective is? Oh, okay. The Storytelling Collective is actually, it's separate from where I was teaching. Um, That was a a spot in uh, Halifax. But I'm actually, I I actually am a creative laureate at uh, the Storytelling Collective. And uh, so they picked three um, cross or interdisciplinary um, folks um, Uh to be their creative laureates. And so they they do uh, teach uh, um, how to write RPGs and other other things that used to be called something else and it's slipping my mind right now, but uh, now they're embracing more uh, disciplines. So it's not just tabletop role-playing it's um, you know, poetry and comics and, and all sorts of things. And um, yeah, so they do, they do online courses. I'm actually uh, writing up a course uh, um, something for them for um, a course offering. Um, oh. But when I was teaching at the school, it was, <sighs> At the time, they called it at-risk youth, so it was like kids who were at risk of dropping out of out of um, out of school, and it was an after-school program. And for for me, it was essentially trying to connect with them. And I felt like D and D was such a great tool for doing that. And I I see now that there's a lot more of that. Um, and I've taught at like D and D summer camp camps. Um, it really helps kids sort of express themselves in ways that they um, 
may not necessarily feel comfortable doing in their like, actual persona. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, d- I definitely agree. Uh, it's kind of some of the stuff I'm interested in uh, as far as bringing D&D to uh, school kids and kind of using those type of tools. So yeah, that's why I was kind of interested in that portion. Uh, but yeah, I guess I get one question. I don't know how this no, works. If you want a bonus <laughs> action follow-up, I'll allow it. Go ahead. Go for it. If you got a follow-up, go for it, Anthony. Um, you ain't got to burn I, your I, whole... All your sorcery huh? points. You ain't got to burn all your key points. You could just wait to the Marlon's going to be rude no matter what you do. So just go ahead. And if you've got a good question, like you, that's a great question about a great topic. Uh, if you got a follow up, go for it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd just like to know. So you mentioned the kind of the at risk program. Um, I guess are those, I guess, what was that program? And like, are those, um, like, are those things kind of becoming more common? Like, I, I don't see many of those type of programs. And that's kind of, I think I it's think, kind of a missing. Yeah, I think it depends use. on where you live um, and the mm-hmm. resources, because I feel like, I feel like there are places where they, they've got like access to resources. And then, you know, you have these programs and like where I was in, in Canada, it was um, uh, in Halifax, Nova Scotia, um, and they were able to get a grant from the city um, to help run run part of it and i believe they also got sponsors for the the building that they were in um <laughs> and i there are other um there are other programs i know like in in seattle um i think games to grow is one of them mm-hmm. um yeah okay. yeah and i you know i i feel like it's because of the impact that dnd has had like from a collective consciousness sort of um presence i think um more and more educators are looking at it um from that sort of perspective and at dnd live i think they announced that they're going back to doing um school kits um so that is something that is actually being supported now by wizards of the coast so i think uh schools are able to to get access to D content um as part of their resources so i i think the more that it grows and the more that there are more programs that show how much of a positive impact um the game can can make i think um the more you're going to see these types of programs yeah awesome and, and lest i be accused of name dropping again we actually our fundraiser last year was to support game to grow specifically yes. we did a uh, we had a pvp tournament with other podcasts called give me the belt to support game to grow and uh, we are you know we're looking for i think a a similar themed charity for our, our fundraiser at the end of the year this year so that's awesome yeah they're great they're so fantastic harland you've been you've been champing at the bit this entire time Please have an excellent question prepared for us. I don't listen, to round I don't out. An, I don't have an excellent question, but I, I, I did <laughs> listen. When I looked, I went through your, I went through your Twitter before going through kind of lines and slugs and stuff. Seems like you were before becoming a big into D and D. You were a gamer, right? This you look like you are into storytelling and game design and things like that. And I wanted to ask, going from being a player to someone who writes stories and storytells and have moved on to the DM side, what do you prefer more playing as a gamer or <laughs> storytelling as a DM? Oh my goodness. I think it depends because I like, I feel like I do. I really appreciate doing both. Like I have, let's see. I've, I 
DM a Saturday game uh, on and off. I'm a player in a Sunday game. And then I have a third, uh, well, D20 Dames is my other game, so I DM there. So I guess mm-hmm. technically if we're counting, it's I, I must prefer DMing. <laughs> so you DM more than you, you play? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you, you, come, you do come from, you said you do like gaming, like, like is it video gaming or was it TTRPG? Prior to uh, learning D&D, it was video games. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like okay. a lot of... Um, way back when Baldur's Gate first came mm-hmm. out and that sort of thing. Um, Diablo. Anything that was like basically oh, a hack and slash yeah. like dungeon crawler type game. Uh, the Witcher is mm-hmm. probably my top game right now. I love that game so much. The Witcher 3 or, or one of the earlier? earlier Witcher versions? 3. I came yeah. to that late as well. But I, yeah, as soon as I, as soon as I played that back when it came out in, oh, when was it even? Oh gosh, it was it's been like seven years. Yeah, yeah it's been a bit. <laughs> Has it's it been, been a bit? Yeah, it's been yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Three more years, and I can finally play. Yeah, that's <laughs> Moyle's Mo- on a uh, a fifteen year time delay on playing. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, read he, the books first, then. You there can, you go. Yeah, I've been. I've, it's real. It's a video game based off a of book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoa. That must be a first. Not even a little bit. Um, <laughs> Saga Nadal in the chat asks, how much is it necessary to relax the mechanics when playing with younger kids? Do you just um, simplify a couple of stats or a single kind of dice? What are when, because um, uh, again, it very much with the structure of Wanderleaf, which is the name of y'all's uh, new campaign on D20 Dames. Um, I know you talked a little bit on that in the session zero that there would be a little bit less combat. It would be a little bit more role play centered. Um, but as you, as you kind of navigate that from a game design standpoint side, because you, uh, you guys, Kat is, um, has her own game design studio, uh, steampunk unicorn, um, and has worked on a number of different games as, re- as well as written a number of, uh, a number of supplements for D and D what, um, from a, just from a mechanic game design side, what are some of the things that you targeted for that? For, to make it a little bit more accessible. So um, D&D specifically, what we did was we, um, so we've taken the the core abilities and instead of like all that giant list of skills that you have, that's, we're not touching that. So it's just based on your core abilities. And um, uh, so when you, when you roll your D20, um, you add your modifier that's related and in the case of wanderleaf we've already recorded a few episodes so i can say you know um what we've done is we've as i've as the dm have basically said well it seems like you're um intemp- attempting to investigate this so that would be um you're using your intelligence mm-hmm. so roll for intelligence and then add your modifier um so it's simplifying it in that way we're we're not like changing the game in any way in any mm-hmm. big way it's just this would be a, an easier way to understand what you're doing without having to look at that giant sheet of right. uh, all these all these different traits and abilities and and that sort of thing it, it, you yell at your 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 people playing when they don't know what they're doing or they play it incorrectly Is that a thing first of all you're out of turn for a lot of levels secondly you deserved every time i've read it. you have deserved it and you know it uh but in that respect um as you kind of peel back some of the layers 
on the on the um, on the skill application side? Are you are you skewing DCs down a little bit to compensate, or you know, is that getting too in the weeds on the on the mechanic side? No, I'm I'm keeping pretty much everything like the same. Uh, mm-hmm. So they're you know they they are starting at level one. So you know I'm making sure that the the DCs for the things that they're facing are appropriately leveled for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but as they start to level up, I'm going to increase it. Cool. Yeah. Moyle, you are up, sir. Uh, I know that at the beginning of the pod of this session, or just before we got on, you're mentioning how you loved uh, horror and horror adjacent stuff. Would you say that comes from your last name, Kruger? <laughs> if you got a lot of Freddy Krueger jokes, you want to yep, yep. associate with that fellow? <laughs> yep. I grew up. I grew up. Everybody asking, is your daddy ready? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> yeah. um, Did however, you tell him he prefers Mr. Kruger? Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Kruger. <laughs> Senor Kruger to you, sir. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> leaned into into that uh, growing, like, as an adult. Uh, as a kid, it was not fun. But, um, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I really have enjoyed, um, you know, writing, like, like I said, my, my first series of books was werewolf um like urban fantasy type werewolves set in paris um and nice. then yeah in london yeah <laughs> no werewolf in paris harlan i'm just saying <laughs> maybe inspiration that's what that's a different one <laughs> i love that movie yeah now did you find the wolf what you find where it is? <laughs> no, no. Moving on. You've spoiled. You have how, spoiled how is it that you're, you're, not, you're the one that's not the dad? Like, you told a dad <laughs> joke. <laughs> uh, I'm wearing the dad shirt. <laughs> he, is, he is. And that bear has pretty much classic dad bod, too, while at it. So. Yes. Jamie, you are up, sir. Please save us from the oil bear. Okay, Uh, so when you're working with uh, a younger group of kids, do you find uh, that they tend to, like, play characters that are more, like, built around their own personalities, or do they kind of explore, like, characters that are completely different from themselves to kind of get more involved in the role-playing aspect? Uh, And and if so, like, uh, do you find it's it's easier to nudge them into, like, a a more playing a character rather than than trying to play themselves? I think it really depends on the kid because I've had very, very outgoing kids who, you know, just want to explore different types of personality or, you know, or maybe it's just like an extension of themselves. And then I've got, I've had, you know, very, very shy kids at the table where you sort of have to like, you know, make sure that they're involved and, you know, try to ask ask them more probing questions about their character so that they can develop the character and, and feel a little bit more free to explore. Um, it really depends on the kid. Um, you know, I've had, I've had other, other sessions where, you know, um, like at that school in particular, um, you know, there was, there was a, a kid who was, um, I think they were, they were exploring their gender, gender identity. And I think, you know, after I left, um, I discovered that they actually transitioned. And I think, you know, that that was helpful for them because they were able to explore gender in a safe space. That's really cool. It's really cool. Yeah. Anthony, you are up, sir. Okay, okay. Uh, 
I think I'm going to go with this question first. So okay. <laughs> I, oh, I, I, I have two, I have two, and I wasn't sure which one I was going with first. So <laughs> I'm currently running through the campaign Tomb of Annihilation. And you have on your site a book of Acerax, uh, some traps that would be worthy of his Tomb of Annihilation. And so I was wondering if you could, you know, just spoil maybe one of the traps in that book that, you know, to see, just to give a few people out there an idea of how diabolical well, I did, I did not write these ones. I only edited them, but there oh, were some really there were some really great ones in there. <laughs> there was like, oh my gosh, there's like a frog mouse that you can fall into. It's it's like this moving trap, and you can fall into the the frog's like mouse underneath. It's just wild. Like there's some wild wild ideas in there. Yeah. What was your what was your yeah. next one? Anthony? Oh, uh, so my next one is on a different note. I love nerds. It's my favorite candy. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't get to eat them as much as I used oh. to because I am now diabetic. But <laughs> and as as a as a friend of uh, Anthony for quite a long time, the man loves his candy. <laughs> loves his candy. <laughs> so it was such such a heartbreaking day. Um, <laughs> The day I learned I'm, I was diabetic, I want to write a book. Um, <laughs> but that being said, the D&D nerds campaign thing that they did, and I did go get me one box of D&D nerds, don't yes. tell. Um, <laughs> I wasn't supposed to, but I did it anyway. Um, uh, like, there was a like campaign that kind of went alongside that, like, that I actually had no clue that that was happening. Like, more information on that. Like, what was yeah, that? Sure. How did that work? So um, I was approached by Wizards of the Coast to write um, a series of mini, mini adventures uh, using the nerds characters as uh, as adventurers. <laughs> and so I wrote, um, they had already selected like each color had its own class. Um, so they already selected that and they were, they let me write mini adventures. They're one-on-one -on -one adventures, uh, definitely geared towards new oh, and cool. young learners. Uh, so kind of ideal for either like, you know, a new learner and a new DM or like a parent or guardian and a child. Um, and essentially it's, it's each class is represented in a very sort of typical manner. Um, but in a very strange universe that is inhabited by nerds. <laughs> it, it's really cool. They're set up to be one and one Sounds too. Delicious. One -on -one. That's that's something. I think that's more more content along those lines. I think would would be great, especially for parents with kids who are looking to to get into it and, and don't have a whole group to get into. Uh, I believe that brings us to oh, Harlan. Harlan, what do you, what do you uh, got yes, for us? Yes, yes. Um, I like I said, I went through your Twitter and looked at it, and saw that you recently did sound a little you know, less creepy when you say that. I went to your Twitter. <laughs> and looked at it. No, no, no. Like it's hard. It's hard not to. I went all through all your timelines. I mean, I, I know Turner posted a link to your game studio and most of the stuff that you produced, but I looked at your Twitter. Um, <laughs> but I recently seen you did an episode of How Not to DM, um, and. I have a I have a question. What advice would you give a new person or someone who's never DM before but may DM in the future? Uh, 
who is hell-bent on killing the entire party, whose goal is to kill the entire party, what would you give advice? How would you make... That's that's the DM's goal. How would you make that entertaining? Oh, like, I, I don't want to just... I don't... Not this me. It's not me. But it's so you don't want that there's, person... There is like, context for this question <laughs> that I will provide in a minute. Is, the DM's goal is to kill everyone. Um, I think... I think that's where uh, a session zero is very important. Well, they know. Oh, they. <laughs> okay. 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 If they're if your players are cool with that, then you know, go for it. Um, I think that's this, not. Do you plan on really, adding adventure or just killing? That DM shouldn't do. It's something that is. So it's okay. I I feel like if you like, we mentioned Tomb of Annihilation here already, and mm-hmm. um, you know. Those sorts of games are like, you know that your chances of your character coming through okay at the end is they're pretty. It's pretty slim, yeah. and it's same with um, uh, oh, I can't even remember the other one. Too, right? Yeah, I mean, historic. Curse of Strahd, I think, runs out. I mean, historically, Tomb of Horrors, which I think Tomb of Annihilation is, has got a lot owes a lot to, was created by Gary Gygax because he was trying to kill his players. He was frustrated that they'd lived so long. But he also was very clear about that intent going forward. And I think what what, what Kat was in, in intimating a little bit harder was that as long as your players know they're going into the meat grinder, because I mean, look, that's, I think Tomb of Annihilation even has a meat grinder mode, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, then, then, that, then that's fair game. Um, if people think they're coming in and you 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 are a sneaky killer DM as opposed to an open killer DM, uh, then then uh, <laughs> I think you're 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 gonna get a little bit. So in between each main character arc, the one of the other cast members is going to be tasked with with DMing a a one shot or two shot. Um, they'll have the option of having it be kind of in narrative. It can be D and D. It can be anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, Harland um, is. Um, uh, pathologically competitive, I think, is the most polite way. That to is correct. And from the day, that's one, why he chose the Giants as his team. And yet, yeah, and yet he's a New York fan, um, <laughs> and, and has gone into it very beginning. He's like, you guys, you guys know him. I'm, I'm going to kill all of you, right? Like, he's been, <laughs> so I, I think we know what we're getting it going, getting going into. I think, I think we've also recently decided uh, that we are going to announce that by um, Jazz is going to pick up uh, a couple of D20s. Of one of which will be a specific color. We will ship each of you guys, and we will unbox. And whoever pulls out like the black D twenty or whatever is the next uh, DM for the next session. Very similar to how they pick the Pope, basically. Whoever opens up the box with the black D twenty in it gets to be the. Uh, yeah. it, it's going to be like a gender reveal, but with dragons. Uh, so, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, like let's, that. Go, let's just replace o- gender reveals with, with DM reveals. Are we are we doing this live in front of everybody? Or, 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 oh or yeah, that will totally oh, be a stream. Yeah, yeah. We, I yeah, like I, this. I think Jazz came up. Jazz or Anthony came up with the content. Credit to one of those guys. Uh, and I was, they were like, we I'll need to put it. we need to put some pomp <laughs> and circumstance in it. And I was like, okay, well, let's just like I said, like, like the same way they choose to pope. Um, so, uh, Boyle, you're up, sir. What is uh? What is that game you guys keep talking about? Tomb of Annihilation. Is that a TTRPG? It's, that's it's, it's a, a campaign. Yeah, it's a, D&D, it's D&D basically a, a module for D and D. Okay. Uh, and my other question <laughs> is: um, even though you're generally the DM, do you want your players to be certain classes, certain races, something like you're like I got to have my party of five has to be these things. 
Or do you just give it to them and they're like, all right, if that's what you all want to be. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty free with uh, with character creation. Um, in the case of this uh, new campaign, um, they actually picked all their own lineages because mm-hmm. uh, the rules from Tasha's Cauldron allow you to do that now. And I, I've never had a problem with it. I know that some people have the player's handbook plus one book rule. Um, for me, it, like... Riot got to fly, um, yeah. you know, in, in our first campaign, and that was okay. I I don't, I, I feel like, you know, so long as we were on the same page uh, as to what kind of, um, what kind of adventure and what kind of campaign we want to do, um, that sort of stuff is is stuff that I can work around as a, as a DM. Cool. Uh, cool. Jamie, you're up, sir. Uh, so I had some questions about, uh, when you're creating like an adventure book, uh, with your studio, uh, can you kind of describe the process of how it starts like as a general idea, uh, and taking it to a full fledged adventure? Uh, like, do you, do you typically start like with a collaborative process or is it like a single person comes up with an idea and starts an outline? Like, how does that kind of work? Um, so it really depends on uh, the client that I have. So for, for Steampunk Unicorn Studio, it's it's just me. Um, and I work for various companies like Hasbro or Larian Studios or Wizards of the Coast and do different types of um, different types of writing. Um, but for D&D specifically, um, if it's if it's a Wizards of the Coast type product, um, often you um, like Adventures League, I wrote um, a few adventures there, and the most recent one uh, is a Ravenloft one, um, because I do like gothic horror. <laughs> um, and um, that one, that one had an outline for me, so I it had all the story beats, and then I wrote the adventure. Um, versus, if I'm writing something for D20 Dames. Um, I guess it's it's not fully cooperative uh, collaborative um because I you know I like to have secrets uh revealed within the the episodes and uh and that sort of thing but sometimes I'll ask for input on um types of monsters or um you know their goals or their um key NPCs and things like that, that I can put into an adventure. Um, so in that, in that regard, it's collaborative, but for the most part, it's, it's, it's a lot of solo uh, writing and then just sending it off to an editor. Cool. Cool. Anthony. So, uh, okay. My, my last question, cause I used a lot of bonus actions earlier. <laughs> um, <laughs> will be so more often than not um you find that tables are mostly made up of uh guys and so as a person who um well not as a person but i was just curious as to how the game differs when it's an all female table as opposed to guys it's just if, or is there any differences to uh, I, the characters interact differently, or how? I don't think I've ever played. I don't think I've ever played at a table that's all men. I'm trying to think. 
I think I DM'd at Gen Con once and it was all, it was a group of guys who came in as friends. Um, and that's pretty much it. Um, and I think the difference I noticed there was that I think they were expecting more combat. Um, <laughs> and I was running uh, safety guaranteed from, um, from D20 Dames, which is basically a, um, it's set in a campaign setting that I made up called Emerald Forest Adventure Con, mm-hmm. um, where it's just a convention for adventurers, and they were not really expecting the goofiness, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. That sounds about right. <laughs> uh, and I think one of the, uh, you know, I can I can speak from from the dame's perspective. Like early on, we actually we wanted it originally in our conversations when we were planning to make it more like a rat queens uh, comic type of thing where the, the women were really like the, the female characters were going to be really like rowdy and rough and um, you know, cursing. And, um, and then we had a conversation about how did we want on iTunes to have the explicit um, uh, label? And we agreed, no, we did not because then we could, because that would limit the amount of um, audience we would get. Um, from that one decision that completely changed how we played. Um, and from the get go, mm-hmm. it was very much like, oh, maybe we should make friends with these monsters. Maybe we should get them a job. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> it's it was very, di- yeah. So, I, you know, from those two experiences, I mean, I, I think, you know, it's going to vary from table to table, but that those were two key experiences that I had where it was sort of like embrace the chaos or, you know, wanting a little bit more combat. And, um, you know, th- as we've grown throughout the years, I feel like uh, the dames have sort of found their spot in, it's a sweet spot of, you know, focusing more on role play and exploration. Mm-hmm. Um, there is definitely still combat, like even in the the second episode that we um, recorded for Wanderleaf, there, there wound up being combat. Um, yeah, cool. it's it, it's it's interesting. You know, there was there's a definite vibe to the first season of DD Twenty Dims, and I've always asked, like, what is a little bit different besides the besides the fact that it's not explicit? And it really, it didn't click until I listened to the the Wanderleaf Session Zero, and the word cozy came out, and I went, "That's what it is." There is a undercurrent of coziness, and it, it comes out in the moments you guys stop to have tea, um, or uh, or do go back to visit a a a kid NPC that you've taken care of or um, are ha- there's an awakened shrub uh, mm-hmm. that, uh, but man, does that make the moments of horror punch that much harder? Because um, don't go into D like the first season, you turn like, Oh, it's just, Oh, it's all, it's all cardigans and uh, Earl Grey. Oh no. There is some uh, there uh, the uh, I forget which the the one the Triton underneath the tower. Oh my um, gosh! Yeah, yeah. That that is a punch right in the face. I was like, oh wow, wow, guys. Um, and, and then the stuff in the in the shadow fell uh, with Rose particularly. Like that that is it is a very very unique blend, and I highly recommend anybody who um, who is looking for something that kind of brings a a little bit of a different vibe to the actual play scene. Um, not just because it's all women, but because I don't think you get that same brand of coziness and horror really anywhere, really anywhere else. Yeah. Which, I, I, and I think the thing is like, from my, my experience teaching, um, kids, um, 
I think a lot of people want to sort of veer away from the stuff that's scary or or too real. And I would rather embrace it because I really feel like it does a disservice to kids who don't have that perfect life, you know? Like I, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, we need to we need to still talk about things that are hard to talk about. And, you know, the Triton is a really good example of that. Yeah. Yeah, there, there is, yeah, there, and not to, not to spoil the entire first campaign, because again, I do recommend it. There, there are some undercurrents there with a family dynamic that's, that, you know, is very clearly abusive that is, it's done in such an artful way that um, it's, it's really, really cool. Uh, And then there's some spider demons that chew people up at the same time, too. So there, it, it's good, gang. Uh, Harlan, (laughs) what what, what do you got? Okay. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> I'm, typing, I'm, I'm typing. No, I'm typing in the, the oh, chat. Sorry about that. That's what you get for yeah, no. with the fans. No, no. So, so what are the ages that that you are teaching? And for um, because I remember you said you 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 were teaching at risk kids how to play D and D, and I'm I'm just I just wanted to know because you you went from a PG to a P to a G rating. So, kind of like your target audience is it supposed to be seven to twelve or is it? 12 to 8 13 to 18 like what what kind of is the range because to me 13 to 18 potty mouth is just right up their alley to me so i'm <laughs> yeah. trying to wonder you're from yeah, the no. bronx though yeah there's there's <laughs> no potty mouth on d20 dames i don't i think i think we've we've let like some mild swears uh go through um in the first season uh first campaign definitely mm-hmm. That's not our intent for the for the upcoming campaigns. Uh, so you know, even though we're saying it's like mm-hmm. very family friendly, it's not necessarily like it's not for adults. Mm-hmm. Um, we mm-hmm. still want to embrace all um, fans of D anD D, but the reason we're making it um, making it a G rating is one so that younger learner younger kids can can have a D anD D um actual play that they can listen to with their families but it's also for the new learners who might not understand what's going on in some of the other actual plays where you know you're you're rolling these these dice and it's going mm-hmm. by re- really quickly and you're not actually necessarily learning you may be learning about the role playing aspect and you know maybe some of the rules but um i feel like what we're we're trying to uh, accomplish here is is actually like slow it down break it down um so that um so that everyone can learn how to play it. Um, and the content will happen to just be not a lot of swears, not a lot mm-hmm. of like super scary things happening. Um, so we probably won't get into some of the darker stuff that happened in the first campaign. Yeah. 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 It's not Teletubbies D&D, Harland. So stop, <laughs> stop, stop hinting at it. It, it, is no, still, no, no, no. it is still a very sophisticated story and setting. <laughs> Um, I, I, from what you was talking about, it seemed like it was like I've always like I've always liked Disney because it is a G-rated movie with some heavy undertones about certain topics and things like that. So I kind of got that from what you were talking about in your last question. So I kind of just wanted to see what the ages were that she teaches for and things like that. Oh yeah, teach teaching wise at the school it was um, I believe it was twelve to eighteen, okay. um, and then at D and D summer camp I, it was a grade. I want to say it was grade five. Okay. Yeah. My kids are right in between there. I got a seventh, but just going to seventh grade and going to fourth grade. So that's, that's prime D 20 age, man. We're going to get you. They would love to play it, but I, you know me, I'm just, I'm not, 
I'm not that. You still won't admit that you're on a D and D podcast. I know exactly. You do not, <laughs> you do not have to explain anything. To me. Because, uh, so eyes unclouded. Uh, did you? Did you? Is that another project you edited, or did you actually? Uh, I, I wrote a. I wrote an adventure for that one. Yeah. Can you tell us a little um, bit about about that one? Yeah. Uh, so eyes unclouded is uh, it's a classic Japanese animation Ghibli esque um, adventures. So again very very cozy adventures um in this one and we were all we all pitched um to get into the anthology and my pitch was based on princess mononoke um so what i wrote for that one is um it's a city um that's trapped in time so it's sort of like a groundhog day uh going on um so the adventurers come into this little city and um they've been cursed for it's a hundred days less a hundred days, uh, sorry, a hundred years less, like three days. And in three days time, the curse will be permanent. Mm. Um, so the effects of the curse will take, uh, will take hold permanently at, at the hundred year mark. And so you have three, op- three days basically to figure out that you're in a time loop um, and how to solve, you know, what it is that happened. So um I I can I can spoil it a little no, bit because <laughs> okay <laughs> no no we we want people to pick it up and, and to and to play it I want to get that and play it I, please don't I want to crib some of that for the no don't don't, don't tell Thanks. these guys what's happening so um, Moyle uh, we've got probably got time for one more rain, round gang but make them quick rapid rapid fire bonus round Moyle go. Uh, where do you uh, find inspiration to add to your campaigns? Oh my goodness, um, a lot of a lot of random things. Sometimes my my toddler will uh, come up with some random stuff, and then I'll just use that. Um, uh, so Wanderleaf is actually based on based on my kid mispronouncing a state name. So it's it takes place. So the campaign world is Wanderleaf. The the town it's taking place in is called Wyoming. Um, so there are going to be gnomes involved. Not just gnomes, garden gnomes. Garden gnomes. You, you, you say in session oh, zero. I thought you were gonna say yeah. wino gnomes. You you had me at Wyoming, but when you when you threw in garden gnomes, it's like, oh man, I'm totally sold on this season. <laughs> Dang it. Jamie. Yeah. Um, Jamie. I I think other other uh, inspiration is just like media consumption especially mm-hmm. when i write my um, emerald forest adventure con adventures they're all based on some sort of some sort of media so i've done like untitled goose uh game inspiration fast and the furious like if i can if i could take something fun from from media and or pop culture and put it into an adventure i that's my i love doing that <laughs> Ab- absolutely i just i just ran through the uh my, my local group through a gilgan's island based oh, yes. encounter um that i scrapped from using on the podcast like man i don't need five boat encounters for these guys bob has got to get to his <laughs> but i but i came up with monsters for each one of the gilgan's island characters in a matching curse so yeah oh, that, that's uh, awesome <laughs> so uh jamie uh, so going back to your 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 book, uh, how to be more D and D. So my kid, uh, my son is three years old, and I was just curious if you have any advice on how to tame a wild toddler. <laughs> <laughs> 
my toddler is also three, and uh, yeah, I wish I, I wish I had that information <laughs> handy. Have you tried scotch? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've heard that's good for teething. That's why you look like a bear, Moyle. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's why I got so much hair on my chest. I, I do love that you guys have just said, "Hey, you know, previously we would edit out our, our kids in the background on the first campaign." In this campaign, we're just writing in a gray wizard that occasionally pops up and says something crazy and then walks away. Yep. So you should have <laughs> made your kid a background NPC to ease your editor's duty. And that is uh, appreciated on so many levels. Anthony, <laughs> bonus round closeout. Uh, action. Oh, <laughs> on, the, on the lightning round. I said it. I said it before. I said it on the previous question. (laughs) All right. right, What do you got? Uh, So I had a question earlier. I think it kind of got answered by other people's cool. One of the questions I might answer before, but favorite video game that you play? Is it Witcher 3 or what's your favorite video game? Um, Gosh. I mean, Witcher 3 was my favorite until I had a kid and then I couldn't play it anymore. So... (laughs) I know that th- I yeah, stopped playing right, GTA. Yeah. I stopped playing GTA. I hardcore just had to stop playing it. Yeah. Uh my latest one though is uh Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Uh mm. that one is really great. Uh, again, I've only been able to play like I don't know, 6 hours of it since it came out. <laughs> I play a lot of mobile games now because mm-hmm. that's, you know, it's, it's quick and easy to pick up. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I've got We Bear Bears match 3 repairs. Oh, we bear oh, bears. Nice. Like <laughs> the the Lego games became a real sta- uh, a real staple in our home because it was something we could play co op. Um, yeah, and which was uh, just had just enough collectibles to satisfy my OCD and just enough pop culture references uh, to keep my cat engaged for a little bit. But he he eventually grew out of those. So, um, chat. Do we have anybody? Chat. Last minute. Last minute questions before we, we wrap up. Um, I, oh, I, I did have one kind of more of a, uh, again, kind of podcast construction, the, the first, and I'm going to blank on her name and I apologize for this so greatly, okay. but, the, but the first season, um, your cast member slash editor who played Karen slash Sildar Hallwinter, yes. uh, but then was also really your producer on the back end is now a full cast member in season two. What, what was, how did she end up popping in, into the cast? Like, what was, can you talk about the little mechanic, like that transition and then kind of getting into, uh, getting into a full character role in, like, in season two? Sure. So Brittany, um, uh, she was our producer, has been our producer for like all four seasons. And, um, originally the idea was because, uh, she wasn't certain, uh, what the time commitment was going to be and the learning curve. Um, what we decided together was that, um, I would, uh, have her be an NPC every once in a while. And every once in a while became almost like a regular character. And the only difference was, um, that I could feed, um, feed them ideas um, and we could have a little bit more back and forth. Um, and um, I'd have somebody sort of like on my side to mm-hmm. help move the story forward. Um, so, yeah, I think it was just a, it was just a, the comfort level of um, being able to produce and then um, being such a great role player that we couldn't have the podcast without them. Um, I think uh, is really what what pushed pushed us into that direction. And um, eventually, though, um, you know, it became too much work to produce and 
um, play. Mm. So a decision had to be made and um, we have decided to hire a producer instead. And Brittany is now a full-time player. It's really cool. Yeah. And it was, it was such a neat uh, element and felt like you had, it was, it was, it was an interesting addition to the storytelling piece of it that you effectively had this ro literal role player, uh, you know, character uh, that could step in and uh, Sildar was delightful. So oh gosh, uh, and yes. Karen and it was Karen was great too. Just that that that, that whole character storyline storyline is is fantastic. So, um, well, gang, we are going to wrap it up at this point. Um, we always ask a closeout, an unexpected closeout question of the cast to drop on them. Um, and I think previously it's just been something I would come up off the dome, but I'm going to give Kat the opportunity to turn the tables a little bit. Um, if she wants to take up the, the, the challenge and it, just one random question, all the cast will go around and answer in initiative order uh, to close out the interview. So Kat, is there, is there a random question pertaining to your upcoming book or uh, or uh, your season two of your podcast or even season one of your podcast you want to flip out at the cast and again you can take you can take the dodge action if you want to <laughs> this is this is uh, or, or i'm coming up with this at the last minute if not I'm i gonna, can throw one of them i'm gonna ask you uh what what kind of advice each of your characters would give as life advice just like a couple sentences. Oh dear God! Okay, you, let's be clear. You asked for this one, Moral. You're up first. Uh, Dragonborn or Warforged? Uh, dealer's choice, my friend. Uh, I would say the Dragonborn would say, uh, "Always find the drug den." There's <laughs> one in every city. Right. One in every city. <laughs> Jamie, you're up. Uh, Eldrin's advice for dealing with a wild toddler is to shoot first, ask questions. Also, story accurate, Anthony, we're horrible people. <laughs> uh, let's see, hold on. I think Baba would say to um, keep family first and everything else will fall in line. Well, fast and furious. I like if it, it. If it doesn't, then stab it. <laughs> and bring us home, Todd. In any group setting that you're in, you must establish dominance. That is the first thing you must do. Let everyone know that you are in charge, even if you're not. Like, even you just have to give that persona. Like, it, rule states if you were in someone's house and you flip the table, it's your house now. That's just how, that's just how it works. Establish dominance, always. Uh, and, and as the DM, I would say, always really think think through the potential implication of last minute creative decisions. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, but thank you so much, Kat, for, uh, for stopping by and spending a little time with us and having a little bit of fun. Gang, we're going to wrap up. Thank you, everybody, for joining us and hope you enjoyed the stream. Mm -hmm.